So what did you expect Alex Grinch to say when he talked to the media after practice on Tuesday? You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching me on YouTube or wherever you'd like to download your podcast, we are free. I always want to show my appreciation. Thank you for watching the show. You can show your appreciation, especially if you're watching on YouTube. Do me a favor. Become a subscriber. It's free. It's easy. Click that red subscribe button. Hit that thumbs up button as often as you can. And so you don't miss an episode, hit that bell notification button. Five times a week, Monday through Friday. This episode is sponsored by GameTime. Download the GameTime app and create an account and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Look, I know I kind of made fun of the game of Red Rover the other day on Locked on USC. No one called him out. Alex Grinch, he's met with the media after practice Tuesday afternoon, and he simply explained what he saw on film. If anybody was expecting something different, sorry, that wasn't going to happen. So let's talk about what we're going to talk about today on the show. You see, first segment, the Grinch that stole USC's defense. That's what we talk about on Tuesdays. Second segment, we're going to get into, uh, I was out there at practice. I'll give you some notes and observations, what I saw in our limited availability. And then the analyst roles. What are they allowed to do? What are they not allowed to do uh, as members of the staff? We're going to talk about that in the third segment. It's kind of interesting. So as I mentioned, Alex Grinch, Tuesdays, defense. The media on Tuesdays uh, gets to, during the season, we we get to go to practice on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Tuesdays, the focus and the emphasis is on the defense. Wednesdays, we flip the script and we talk about the offense. So at the end of Tuesday practice, we get Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch, as well as the uh, pool of players that we ask for uh, to do interviews. And then on Wednesday, we get... Um, either coach Dennis Simmons and and or Josh Henson with the offensive players and special team players as well. So let's focus on Tuesday um, because everybody wants to know, what did Alex Grinch have to say after that not so great defensive performance, but maybe not as bad as everybody wants to make it out to be? Now, Tuesday... Um, it was, I think it was the hottest day of the year, at least as far as I'm concerned when I was at practice. Uh, so having the heat turned up past 90 degrees, um, it, was, it was apropos. So again, we got to talk with Alex Grinch after practice and maybe it felt like it was going from the frying pan into the fire with the temperature outside. What did the film say that no one else saw? This is what Grinch said when he was asked to you know, assess his defense. What did you see after, upon further review? And this is what he said. While he's very, he was really disappointed by individual plays, 
He's extremely excited after week one, and he's very bullish on his group. Again, look, if anyone was anticipating something different, okay, I, I don't know. I doubt that he was going to say, yeah, I totally suck as a defensive coordinator. I should quit yesterday. Um, so if you were expecting anything like that, you probably, <laughs> I don't know, you shouldn't. Let's just put it that way. You need to anticipate positivity. You're going to get a bunch of coach speak. And it was game one. I'm not making excuses. And at this point, really, look, there's nothing left for him to defend. He needs to get the job done. Turn things around. And if he doesn't, it's going to show up. It's going to show up at the end of the game, meaning, you know, USC is really going to be pushing the limits as far as getting to that championship level, especially if they end up with an L um, on the schedule. They can't afford it, especially in any of these first six games. Uh, he talked about or mentioned the 10 guys who played their first snaps on defense at USC. And I suppose he was alluding to some of the transfers as well because he said, no one wants to hear that, but it doesn't make it any less true, end quote. He was doing his very best to not make excuses. Um, in fact, he said, I'm not here to make excuses. Uh, he was doing his very best to remain positive. He mentioned that there were seven, seven bad plays. And then he, again, he went on to emphasize all the positive that they saw on film from the defense. So at this point, Trojan fans, look, we'll get to, we'll, we'll see what the team looks like at the end of this week after the game against Nevada. Uh, and then we'll get to talk with Alex Grinch again next Tuesday to see what he has to say after week number two. Because at this point, again, it is what it is, right? Now we get to wait for the Nevada game. Coach them up, make them better, hope to see progress. Because as Coach Lincoln Riley said throughout the entire offseason, the longer it goes, the better we get. So we will see how it goes the longer they go. I'll have some more stuff from Tuesday's practice on tomorrow's episode of Locked on USC. When I'll mix in some of the offensive stuff that we're going to see uh, at Wednesday's practice. You're watching this episode on Wednesday, hopefully first thing in the morning, because I'll be at practice in the afternoon. Trojan fans, I need you to really stop stressing out trying to buy tickets. I know you're stressed out about Alex Grinch and the defense. Let's take one thing off your plate so you don't have to stress out. Buying tickets. All you need to do is download the Game Time app. And they've got these really killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're going to have. All you Trojan bandwagon fans, forget planning months in advance. You don't have to do that anymore. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the game. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and so much more. The game time guarantee means you always get the best price. 
In fact, if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. You're going to also be able to get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're done. Boom. That simple. Tickets are sent directly to your phone. You're never going to have to dig through your email to find them. So snag tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. As a reminder, college football season is here, and this season, Locked On is picking up our coverage. Each Friday, Locked On will go live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every single Locked On College YouTube channel, including Locked On USA. Locked On College Football Live will cover the college football playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. And just to make sure your interest is completely enthralled, Pete, set your reminders. I'm going to be live at 8.25 a.m. Pacific Standard Time this Friday. So tune in to Locked on USC Live. So some of you might remember when uh, Pete Carroll used to say, we want to make our football practices harder than the games. Well, Tuesday's practice uh, was definitely hotter than this past Saturday, as far as the weather is concerned. And it's going to be much, it was much hotter than what's going to be uh, what the weather is forecasted for the Nevada game. Labor Day weekend, it's going to be 80 degrees or under. Can you believe that? Labor Day weekend in Los Angeles? Wow. So I need to ask. This is I'm going to give you a little bit of a practice report rundown, what I saw from Tuesday's practice. I need to ask this question. <laughs> what kind of human wears black sweats with multiple layers, including a hoodie, when it's 90-something plus degrees outside. I'll tell you who does that. It's strength and, condi- strength and conditioning coordinator Benny Wiley. That's who. I'm out there. I'm wearing a bucket hat, a T-shirt, and shorts, and I'm sweating my butt off. This guy's walking around like it's 30 degrees outside. I don't get it. One of the first players, in fact, the very first player out. I'm, you, you never heard me mention this name before. I'm going to mention it. His name's Tyler Robles. He's a kicker. He was out there at good, I don't know. I was out there at 125-ish for a 225 practice. I like to get out there early to see the players coming out. I to catch some stuff that you don't always see. Uh, on the video that's looping around out there from practice. I mentioned Tyler Robles' name because he was out there by himself for a good 20 minutes 
uh, before anybody else showed up to, to hit the practice field. And on that note, did you know that there are a combined seven punters and kickers on the roster? I don't know. What do you think about that? Not everybody's on scholarship, by the way, but seven punters and kickers. Also at practice Tuesday, there was a uh, scout from the New York Jets who was watching practice. They, they're never, they, they, in fact, they're told not to talk to the media and never tell you who they're there to, to see. Um, but he was chatting it up with defensive uh, coaching analyst Greg Brown, and they were chatting it up for quite a while. Uh, I could kind of overhear him talking about Greg saying, yeah, I developed him. I talked about him. And, oh, he's still with the team. Yeah, I, I helped him out as well. So um, I'm going to talk more about the analyst role because um, I've been asked the question. You know, what is an analyst allowed to do? Where can they be? Are they allowed on the field? We'll talk about that in the third segment. Uh, you know, who else I saw at practice on Tuesday? Solomon Tuliapupu. I swear, if he didn't have bad luck, he'd probably have no luck at all. But he was outside at practice, um, and his right leg wrapped up like a mummy in a, one of those ace bandages from ankle all the way up to his hip. I don't know if he's had surgery or not yet. I haven't looked into it, but it was just good to see him out there. He was walking, no crutches. Again, if he's one tough son of a gun. I can't wait to see him have another opportunity. So here are some of the highlights from Tuesday's practice. Again, we're, we're in there for a very limited amount of time. Um, I, I literally did not even look at the, the offensive side of the field because they were way down at the other side. Couldn't see anything if I wanted to. Quarterbacks are throwing passes to the to the wide receivers and running backs. The offensive line is way out there somewhere working with the sleds and going through their rotations. Nothing to see. Hopefully, I'll have a better vantage point of the offense at Wednesday's practice. So uh, one defensive note of interest. Uh, so a couple of changes uh, with the defense when they were going through their scout team portion. Now, the first group that I saw included Jamil Muhammad, Keon Bars, Bear Alexander, and Solomon Burr. Those were the guys up front. Mason Cobb and Taka Curtis were at linebacker, and they were teamed up with Damani Jackson and Jalen Smith, Max Williams, and Sia Wright in the secondary. When the first Group came back out for their next repetition. Bryson Shaw subbed in for Max Williams. A couple of things I want to point out here. There was a comment in uh, on, after one of my shows questioning, you know, why Tackett Curtis was starting. And I had made, look, I had said that, you know, the reason he's in there is because Eric Gentry isn't 100% yet. I, I think that's pretty evident. Um, because you saw the difference between the play in in the team's defense when Eric Gentry is on the field compared to when he's not. So if you don't hear his name mentioned right now with the first or second group, um, don't worry about it. He was out there. He was in uniform. In fact, the whole team was out there in full pads. Um, 
but let's just say that they have him on a snap count right now because that was the answer we actually got after practice regarding how many reps he played against San Jose State. Okay. I'm not saying Taka Curtis won't be a starter someday. He will be. But at this point, they're they're keeping Eric Gentry on a on a snap count. They're limiting his repetitions the long season. The second group on during the scout team, <clears throat> excuse me, during the scout portion. Up front, you had Anthony Lucas, Stanley Taufo, Jack Sullivan, and Romello Height. Your linebackers were Rajon Davis and Shane Lee. They were teamed up with the secondary of Prophet Brown, Zion Branch, Anthony Beavers Jr., Christian Roland Wallace, and Jacoby Covington. Now, I, I mentioned Eric Gentry. You know, you look at him. I was talking with uh, one of my colleagues uh, from a from a different network, and despite all the weight gain that you know we've talked about and that Eric's talked about during the offseason, he still looks like a big wide receiver more than he does a linebacker. He is literally the definition of a tweener. Uh, you know, he's big, tall, rangy, but he's probably too slow to play safety. Um, but he just doesn't look like your prototypical linebacker. He's definitely too small to play up on, up on the line. But you can tell that his athleticism, what he's capable of doing, and why everybody loves having him on the field in this defense. Um, what he's able to do with his length, you just can't um, you can't duplicate. You know, other teams can't duplicate in practices. So when they see it on the field, it's like, all right, we. You kind of have to, you have to improvise around Eric Gentry because of his length. And while he might be a little step slow to play safety, he's not slow to play linebacker. So there's there's that hybrid balance that what they're they're looking how to use him. What I did see here's something you might like um, during the scouting portion, uh, Malachi Nelson. He's running scout offense. Throwing, he was the quarterback for this repetition. He threw an absolutely perfect, I mean, perfect shiny new dime uh, to Josiah Zamora and Christian Roland Wallace. And it was either Prophet Brown or Anthony Beavers in coverage. Um, 16 and 15, it's hard to tell when they run by. The jerseys kind of get scrunched up and those numbers look similar. Here's what you need to know. The ball was in the air for about 25 to 30 yards. Perfect throw. And it just dropped right into, into Josiah's hands, and he did the rest, ran it in for a touchdown. Beautiful. At that point, though, Grinch raised his hands, signaling the touchdown. And then literally a few seconds later, um, sports information director Katie Ryan was telling us in the media, it's time to leave until you come back for the interviews. So. Um, Lincoln Riley did say that he liked what he saw from the defensive line. They got a lot of push. This is him talking to us after practice. Uh, he also specifically mentioned players Elijah Hughes and Jack Sullivan. Those guys really stood out with solid performances. <clears throat> um, he mentioned Bear Alexander and 
you know, apparently he was the one who had the big mental mistake on that third down and 22 that they gave up. The big uh, run to the quarterback. Look, this is a uh, this is what he said about um, Bay Alexander. But he was also very disruptive. You you didn't feel his presence in the stat sheet, but when when we turned on the film on Sunday, you could really see his presence. End quote. This this was Riley's overall feelings, you know how the game went. And he said, "Quote: In a lot of ways, we probably played a lot cleaner game this year than we did against Rice." But we had a couple of critical errors on both sides that held us back at times. But the funny thing is, they're totally correctable. They're totally self-inflicted, and I and I expect that they wouldn't carry over. They wouldn't carry that forward because the amount of good out there, it's pretty exciting. End quote. I loved what Mason Cobb said after practice when I asked him if the team felt like maybe they missed an opportunity to show how much they had improved on defense uh, and his answer was really good he talked about how uh, how they were disappointed not so much about the score um, at halftime but how they perform because he knows about their potential so even after the game after you know he said we talked about it at halftime and even after the game uh, they weren't as excited um, as they should have been following a victory so the the short answer is, yeah, they missed an opportunity. Uh, we've got the video up there on on YouTube, up there at, on the We Are SC channel, and I'll load it up here on Locked on USC eventually. But it's free; it's out there on YouTube. Go check it out. Uh, Mason Cobb, Lincoln Riley, Alex Grinch, Packer Curtis got to meet with the media for the first time. There you go. Freshmen rarely get to talk with the media, so. Once Lincoln Riley takes the muzzle off, we get to ask them questions. Uh, Tackett, you can tell, kind of tell his first time in front of the media. But uh, he recognized, hey, first time out there, made some mistakes. Can't wait to get out there again. This young man will get better. You guys who like to drop your comments, do your drive-bys. You know, I get it. You're passionate. You're the smartest man in the room. You, you know what you're talking about. I can't say anything to change your mind. You want to see a difference on defense. Everybody wants to see a difference on defense. It was game one. Okay. If you go back and rewatch the game and you turn off the sound and you try and look at it from a coach's point of view, you're probably going to see more good than bad. Tomorrow is about, all about the offense. I do want to point this out. This is what Rayleigh, uh, what Lincoln Riley said about Rayleigh Brown, because he was on the scout team Tuesday. This was just our decision today as coaches. What does he need? To, he was also asked, you know, what does he need to do to show you that he'll be in the rotation more? Because he didn't play till late in the game on Saturday. Quote: It's competition. Rayleigh's a really good player, but there's a there's there's a really lot of there, but there's a lot of really good players here. The margins are really, really thin between a lot of these guys. I would just encourage with him like I would this entire team. Everybody wants to judge you like it's going to be like this the rest of the year after game one. Like it's one game. 
We didn't get judged last year on how the Rice game went. We all need to remember that. For individual players, units, the entire team, there's a lot of good. Ray Leak's done a lot of good. He's going to be a tremendous player. If I start going down the names of guys I've had play reps on the scout team, there's quite a few that are big-time trophy winners and NFL players and all of that good stuff. Everybody's process is different, especially when you're making a position change, end quote. Wednesday, today, while you're watching this episode, I'll be back out of the practice. I'll be focused on the offense. Hopefully, um, they'll be in our view, so I'll be able to see what's going on, and I can give you some good notes and observations from that as well, like I did from defense. That will be on tomorrow's episode of Locked on USC. All right, real quick before we get out of here for this episode, what can an analyst do and what can they not do? So, analysts, because they're, they're 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 not really a member of the coaching staff, but they're, they're coaches. <laughs> That's what they're there for: is to kind of be a sounding board for the coaching staff to to kind of work things out, be in the film room, point things out. So what, during, you know, during the game, did you know that an analyst, what the analyst can actually be on the field? And they can even listen in on the team, you know, when the when the position groups are in their scrums? Yeah, they're allowed to do that. What they're not allowed to do is offer coaching advice. However, they can offer support Whatever that means, right? That's a pretty gray area. I mean, no, I I wasn't coaching. I was just telling him how great of a job he was doing and how much better he could he could be at his job if he, you know, if he did it like this. So he, right there, you know, are you giving support? Are you coaching? Where is that line in the sand, what you can and what you cannot say? I mean, this rule was meant to be broken, and I don't know how you can police this at all. I don't know how the NCAA can say, yeah, you know what, that analyst, they stepped over the line. He said something they shouldn't have. I mean, if you want to talk about putting an extra coach on the field and you know just using semantics to get around breaking the rules, this is how you do it. Now, don't worry, I was just giving support. I was actually, I agreed with that coach's play call. I said, yep, you did exactly the right thing. Next time when there's 45 seconds, maybe start the clock here. Where Again, where's the line? So you can have a Greg Brown who can tap Alex Grinch on the shoulder and give him some words of encouragement. Um, he could talk to a player who's been in the game, give them words of encouragement. You just can't coach them up. You can't show them how to do certain things technique-wise. Again, you can pat them on the butt. Tell them they're doing a great job. But I guess that's not coaching, right? I mean, does anybody really think Cliff Kingsbury and Lincoln Riley aren't collaborating during the game or at halftime? Of course they are. These games, 
these guys are at the game for a reason. If the NCA was serious and wanted to make sure no rules were no rules were being broken, they wouldn't even be allowed at the stadium. These guys would be available during the week, not on game day. One last quick note I want to throw out there because I didn't I didn't bring it up in the last segment. I asked Lincoln Riley about the uh, the onside kick gaff at the end of the game. <coughs> Excuse me. He said they were right on both accounts because he challenged the call. He said I think what we challenged was correct, uh, even though the game was out of hand uh, at that point. Uh, from a competitive standpoint, you still want to make sure you're involved and in making sure everything's being uh, buttoned down the right way. Like he said it's a bang bang play, and you know they were, they were even a part of something like this a few years ago when they were back at Kansas State, and how it ended up changing the rule because of constantly you know challenging things. So that's where Lincoln Riley was on that. That's why he was so animated. He wants to make sure that they know that he knows what's going on. And that's why Lincoln Riley is the right guy to be USC's coach. All right, I'm done babbling. It's late. I'll be back with another episode of Locked on USC tomorrow. So until then, everyone, you know what to do.